time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Isn't this a crazy time for us to be alive? I mean, I don't think there is any other time in our life that we're going to see this. And yet we're right in the middle of an interesting situation and quite a crisis for many people. So the question is, how do you stay sane while you're trying to stay safe? In the last episode, I actually talked about how can we thrive in the midst of this pandemic. And now I want to be a little more specific because now we know a little bit more about what we all need to be doing and may be doing for quite some time. And that is how to stay safe. This is a time when we are, as a society, realizing that we have to stay apart from each other and that we have to self-isolate for sometimes. And that means a lot of disruption in families. There are lots of people who uh, are now by themselves. They're with their families. They are finding themselves stuck in situations that before that was just their last place to be. I was talking with someone just the other day that is in a very small apartment because this person lives in a big city who can't afford a lot of space and now has to live in that tiny little space. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, without the relief of going to the big office where all the friends were and going to the restaurants and all the other places that that this person was enjoying in the city. And now that person is having to isolate in a very small space. Then I've talked to other people who are uh, kind of holed up with their family and trying to find a way of staying sane in the midst of so much togetherness of that group. And yet there's this weird place where even in those situations, there's some distance. You know, we try to find some way of being safe, but at the same time, we have to have some sanity around us. So how do you do that? How do you deal with that? Now, on top of all of that, part of what's pushing against us is this fear of infection that feels like it's always on people. And the more I talk with people, the more I realize how that extends to so many different areas. You know, initially, everybody thinks about what's that mean about my job? How do I stay safe in my job? Whether that is because I have to go to work or because I have to now work from home or because my work just evaporated. What do I do about that? Those are the practical concerns of how you deal with the possibility of uh, being infected and how do you stay safe from that? That adds a lot of fears into our lives that we've never had to face before. Now, let's be clear. It wasn't that we were uh, safe from infections before. We just ran the risk of a cold or a flu or some other bug that was going to get us. Not this, not what we're trying to figure out now with this, of what it means when there is this other disease, this coronavirus that we're not even sure all about yet. And then there is the fact that just daily life is completely disrupted. I know for us, you know, I didn't realize how many times we ran out to get something, just the convenience of running to a store or ran out to grab a bite to eat or never thought about going to different things as being any big event. And suddenly those events are gone. No longer am I going to practice jujitsu. No longer are we going to the store. No longer are we going to eat out. No longer are we taking walks in places where other people are, going to the mall. That's not even a possibility anymore. 
I had to cancel getting my haircut. I mean, so many things that you don't realize how it's going to impact suddenly or upon us. And daily life feels very disrupted. Now, that disruption always leads to a stress response in our bodies. I mean, that's just the way our bodies are built. We like the routine of what we can count on. And when something is disrupted, our body experiences that as a threat. Now, we've turned that threat into another word of stress, but stress is really about fear. So for many of us, we're kind of ramped up on this adrenaline run of fear looking for the threats around us. If you're in a room these days and somebody coughs or sneezes, you're suddenly on alert. The same for you. You know, for if you're like me, you have a cough and you say, hey, I wonder what that is. Or a little headache comes along and you go, ooh, I wonder what that is. And so we're doing a constant self-check over things that maybe we weren't too aware of before. All of those pieces begin to cascade into the fact that we are feeling under a new level of threat that we haven't experienced before. Now, I was an adult when 9-11 came along. I remember the day it happened. I was at work. I was old enough to be in an office, and, and I was seeing clients on that day. And I realized that the world was not going to be the same. The difference is that as horrible as that event was, it was one day. Yes, we were worried after that about what might happen but it was one day. The event happened. It came. It passed. The same is kind of true when you know, other places are disrupted by a storm. It's there, the storm comes. The storm goes. And then it's a matter of recovery. This new thing with the coronavirus is ending up being a rolling situation where we're not sure where it's going to end or how bad it's going to get or what's going to come next. And because of that, plus because of all the information that's flooding us, Sometimes that can feel a bit overwhelming. So what do you do about that? How do you deal with all of that coming at you at one point? How do you make sure that you're taking care of yourself? One of the things that I think is important is for us to make sure that we're not going on a, a kind of a, a corona binge with information. Now, I've talked with lots of people who are finding themselves constantly checking uh, their news feed on their devices or turning on the news or you know, trying to find the latest information. And part of what happens in media is media is functioning on eyeballs and hearing. You know, They want you to hear. They want you to see. And so they're going to feed you that as a way of keeping you engaged. So we have to be careful that we don't go on that corona binge. Now, that doesn't mean we have to go on a corona fast, you know, where we completely avoid everything because that's not going to help us. We do need to know some facts. So you want to make sure that you get enough information from reputable, good sources to make sure, and A, by, that means that they're probably not partisan-based, they are more scientific-based, but B, that you know enough about things as they're changing to be safe. That's the first part of this, staying safe. The second part, staying sane, we're going to get to that too. But in order to help bridge that, make sure you're getting the amount of information that you find to be helpful, but not saturating I find myself using this metaphor so many times over the last week. You know, we're like a sponge and we, we need something in there to get that sponge kind of pliable. And, and so you got to have enough water in there to fill the sponge. But at some point, the sponge can't hold any more water. 
it just starts flooding out. So if you're putting a, a sponge underneath your faucet to, for a while, it'll just absorb the water and then suddenly it keeps going out. That's what we have to be careful for, that we don't keep pouring on the water, pouring on the information, looking for more and more data that it floods us to the point where we can't even deal with it anymore because that also floods our our fear bucket, as I've also talked about. The fear bucket, you only have so much room in that, and you got to manage how that happens. One of the things that I think is really important is realizing that one of the things that is in process right now is a readjustment of reality. And we all do readjust to reality Whatever that is. So kind of imagine what would happen if you maybe moved. Let's say you, you move to a whole new place. You know, you have nothing that you go to the new neighborhood. You don't know where the store is. You don't know anyone around you. You don't know anything that's going on. It's pretty stressful, right? I mean, you got to figure out what that new reality is. Where am I going to go shop now? Where am I going to get what I want? And sometimes you go, oh, I can't get all the things I used to get. The same with people. How am I now going to interact differently? Because now, you know, there's this place of kind of isolation. And so kind of what's happening in this situation is that we're ending up creating this new adjustment to reality that we didn't ask for. I mean, at least when you move, you might have chosen to move, right? You might have chosen where you're going to be, but this comes upon us. It's given to us. And so we have to learn new behaviors on how we're going to interact with other people, at least for right now, at least for the short term, and how we're going to find the resources that we need. That's much like adjusting to a new place to be. And so part of what we want to do is just realize that that's going to take a little bit of time, but we'll get used to it. If you think back on when anything new came along, the first time you did it, it was, felt kind of awkward, kind of, kind of odd, and maybe you even resisted doing it for a while. But after you did it a few times, after you used whatever it was, whatever that resource, after a while, it's just it's kind of second nature. And I think about the many times that I've had a new device in my life. I'm like, oh, man, I don't, I don't even know how to start with this. And then pretty soon I know how to use it, and it becomes part of my daily routine, and suddenly I forget what it was like before that. And the same is going to be true. There'll be lots of ways that we resource our lives, how we find what we need and interact with each other that we haven't had to do before, but they'll become our commonplace. We'll just kind of accept that. One of the things I'm learning now is I used to run out to the store multiple times a week just because, you know, I I was thinking, I don't know what I want to eat in three days, so I'll buy what I need for a couple of days. And we're beginning to realize that that's not sustainable, right? We, We have to really be doing more planning and intentionality about all of our lives to make sure that we're getting what we need. But that just is a matter of letting the new reality take hold. We'll all find a new normal. It's possible that that new normal will be a little bit different a a few more times, and then we'll find ourselves moving back into another new normal. So let's just kind of accept that it's going to take a little bit of time to get to that place, but we'll get there. That's, That's how humans are. That's what we do. So I want to talk about some things that you can do directly, a few things you can do just to kind of stay sane and at the same time stay safe. So let's talk about some specific things that I would suggest you do just to keep moving ahead. The first one, find a routine and stick with it. One of the things that many people find in the midst of any crisis 
is they do better when they make a routine for themselves and stick with it. They get up at the same time and they go to bed at the same time and they kind of follow the same pattern, the same routine. And this is a a new place for many people. A lot of people are now working from home and that can be a whole different pattern for them. This is something that I've been doing now for five years. So I, I mean, I admit I have a head start, but I remember when I first started working from home, I had to be very clear about the difference between home and work. Because as I've joked with people, you know, it's a really short commute to my office. And the bad thing is it's a really short commute to my office. So I could always be at work, but I could also avoid work. I can also always look around and find something to distract me. One of my things is to make sure that I stick with the same kind of routine, whatever that has to be at some point. And so my get up time is still the same. My go to bed time is about the same. And in between, I'm still doing the same exercise and make sure I'm doing the same uh, kind of patterns. There are certain parts of my week that just fall into place. And my suggestion for people who are trying to find a new thing is that they always create a routine. So what's your routine? What ways do you need to change your routine, but then live within that routine? We do better when we have a routine. So the number one thing that people can do is build a routine for themselves and then follow it. The second thing is to make sure that you uh, don't find yourself isolated. And so use technology and tools to non-isolate. Just think about what this would have been. My wife and I are talking about, you know, what happened in the last pandemic. I mean, could you FaceTime or email? No, no, none of those things were available. And so now we have opportunities, even when we have to isolate, to not be isolated. I might need to be physically distant from somebody, but that doesn't mean I can't reach out. If you think about the many ways that we can reach out to somebody, I could text somebody I could send them an email. I could even mail them something still. I could call them. I could FaceTime. You know, I could uh, use my WhatsApp. There's so many different ways I could reach out. I had to cancel a group uh, this past week. Uh, We usually get together once a month, but we've decided that we're going to get together by Zoom, have a Zoom meeting, and it's just another video conferencing methodology that we'll use have another group that has only ever met on Zoom. We were well established for this. We've been doing that for a long time. And so finding ways of reaching out, being connected to people is essential during this time. But we've got so much technology to do it. So use your technology to make sure you don't isolate. And you might even have that as a part of your routine, that each day you're going to check in with different people in your life. You're going to reach out to different people in your life. You're going to check on the friends and relatives and loved ones and everyone else in your life that you want to just because that's good for you and good for them. So use technology and tools to non-isolate yourself. Number three, get out. But what I mean by that is safely get out. So if you can go take a walk and not come in contact with lots of people, get out. If you can go in the woods, especially do that. What we know from studies is that when we spend time in nature, it helps us feel good overall. It helps us also be more healthy. It changes even our heart rate when we're in in nature, in the woods, at, you know, at the beach, in the mountains, somewhere else, but do it in a way that you're avoiding contact with other people. We do need to be safe. That's the first part of this. But the second part is to realize that the nature is there waiting for us. Going into nature 
can be an important way of making sure that you, you do the best you can to move through this time period. So get out and get into nature when you can. Number four, a big one, exercise. I lost jujitsu. You might have lost your gym. You might have lost your exercise with other people. That doesn't mean you can't exercise. Find some way of exercising. And the cool thing is we all have this really good exercise tool that you may not know about. It's called your body, right? There are plenty of uh, body weight exercises that we all can do. I love the seven-minute workout for people who are just getting started. It's a high-intensity interval training workout that does your entire body. You can find an app for that. Find seven minutes in your day to do that. I make sure I get a walk-in. I make sure I get some, um, some, something that challenges my body through the week, something that challenges it with some strength training to make sure that I'm holding on to my muscle mass. I also do some stretching to make sure that everything stays limbered up. And what I realize is for a lot of people, it's easy to slip into a rhythm of not moving around, not exercising. You're out of sorts. You're out of your routine. So you got to find a new routine that includes exercise. One thing we do know is that exercise is an excellent antidepressant and anti-anxiety. Another thing we do know is that when we exercise, we're helping our immune system to be as strong as possible, which we do need in this time. The other thing we know is not doing those things generally makes us feel worse. So make sure you get into a good exercise routine. The fifth thing is to practice gratitude. You know, one of the things that's happening right now is we're faced with a lot of can'ts, the things you cannot do, the things you've lost. Practicing gratitude is a great thing to do anytime, long after this event is over, long after we're no longer worried about infection. Practicing gratitude has still significant good stuff for you to do in your life, good ramifications for your mental health and overall health. So why not practice it now? The thing is, we all have things to be thankful for right now, even in the midst of a crisis. We can always practice gratitude. We can always practice looking for what we can be grateful for. And that's not saying that there aren't bad things going on. You know, the practice of gratitude is not pretending the other things aren't going on as much as it's watching for the good things that are going on, the good things that are around you. Right now, one of the things I'm thankful for is my kids are home with us. Now, that's a loss for them. And, you know, it changes their routine. They, had, they came home from work and from school and a fellowship and other things. And so they're home and not necessarily by choice. But you know what? I'm grateful to have them around right now. We can find family time. I'm grateful that I can continue doing my work. I'm grateful that I can keep reaching out to people, that I can get up in the morning and still write, that I can do a podcast and still get it out to people wherever you are, that I can continue those processes, that I can continue to help people. That's, that's so many things to be grateful for. So even in the midst of a challenge, there's always a place where we can turn and ask, what am I grateful for? And I just suggest that you find a way of doing that on a daily basis. Maybe you do it when you first get up. Maybe you do it at noon when you're eating lunch, or maybe you're doing it right before you go to bed. But at some point, to just pause and ask, what am I thankful for right now? What am I grateful for? And experience that. Think about that and live within that. The next one is uh, one that I think is an opportunity we have in these moments to practice self-expansion. Whenever your routine changes, 
you can, it's, it becomes a little more malleable. You can do things that maybe you didn't think about before. Maybe pick up a new hobby. Maybe try something you haven't tried before. Maybe change your routine in a better way. Self-expansion is the term we use for growth in any way. So sometimes people think about self-growth as being psychological uh, understandings or or deepening their spiritual life or some other piece of that. But self-expansion is a little bit bigger. Maybe you decide to take up that new hobby that you've wanted to. Maybe you decide to take up guitar or ukulele or some other instrument and you watch videos on the internet. Is that as good as a lesson? No, but it's pretty darn good to get started. You might have some more time that you haven't had before. Some people tell me that even though their job time is the same, they don't have commute time. They have other ways that they can save time. Or some are saying that they're realizing how much time that they were losing, you know, doing other things. Or maybe they, it's not so much that they were losing them as much as they don't have that time to spend somewhere else. Maybe they were spending it with friends or, you know, going out at night and suddenly they're not. It's a great time to try something. Maybe you've had an artistic bent that hasn't had a chance to go. I was talking with my daughter earlier and she had picked up something else to try. And she said, you know, I just read something about looking back and doing some things that you really enjoyed doing when you were 10 years old. And I said, oh, I'll start doing magic again, right? So there are so many ways that we can uh, try new things and, and find new ways of exploring the world and ourselves and our interests during these times. And it's a great time to do that. So if you've had some inkling somewhere of something interesting to do, maybe try it out. And if you haven't, maybe look for that. Maybe think about how you can include that in your life as a way of of doing something different. If you've always wanted to write that book, start writing. If you've always wanted to podcast, start a podcast. So many things that we can do these days with the tools that we have right there at our hands, not needing anyone else to help us with that so we can stay safe and you know, social distancing and at the same time to try something new. So much information is out there, so many ways. Time to read some new books, try to expand in new areas. Maybe you read something that's challenging that you haven't been willing to read before. Or maybe you read something that's comforting because that's helpful in these times. But do something that does some level of self-expansion that makes you feel like you're, you're making progress in yourself during these times. And the last one, practice self-care. Give yourself a break. These are difficult times. These are going to be times when it is kind of tough to get through this. But accept that. Recognize that we're all a little more stressed out. Maybe you're not getting as much done as you want to. Give yourself a break. That doesn't mean you let yourself off the hook and just say, well, I don't have to do those things. But to accept that there's going to be a drag. There's going to be uh, some times when you just don't feel like doing anything. So take a moment and not do anything. Take a little vacation. Now, I just want to remind you that there are moments when we are in this period where we're kind of going, I don't know what to do, that we would have loved to enjoy long ago. You know, a moment to take a nap or to take a rest that we may not have had a time to do in previous months or years. You have a staycation that you didn't ask for. I get that. So give yourself a break, but take advantage of that. Find a way of accepting that things fill up in the air, and that's okay. It's part of the process of going through the reorientation. Sometimes you're going to feel less energy than you want. Sometimes you're going to feel super energized by anxiety. And that's just part of the process. We'll get through this. You'll get through this. Now, the question is, can we get through this? 
and be our best self coming out of this? That's the question. That's what I'll leave you with. Where can you expand? Where can you work through that? And where do you need to give yourself just a little bit of grace? I'm pulling for you. If you need something to read, I would love for you to check out my books on thriving, my books on relationship. Easy way to find them is go to savethemarriage.com slash books. That's savethemarriage.com slash books. That'll take you over to the Amazon page that has all of my books laid out. You don't have to buy it from Amazon. You can get it from your local bookstore. You can buy it from so many different places, uh, Barnes & Noble or wherever, but that'll give you the ISBN, which you need to look it up. That's the, the book number that you need to look it up. It'll let you look at the cover, read the description, see the reviews, but that could give you a place of starting that process. So check it out at savethemarriage.com slash books. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to live your thriving life. listening to the Thriveology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.